Hi everybody, welcome to today's podcast, Conversation with Keka. Today I have two interesting guests, um, Ronald and Marilyn. So we might laugh a lot in this series, because that's how it's going to be. It will be funny and entertaining and, and all whatnot. So welcome, Ronald, welcome, Marilyn. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I must say, I, I think I've been with you guys a couple of days now, and it's, it's been a beautiful experience. Now I'm reconsidering having kids. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm thinking, do I really want to do that? <laughs> ah, we just showed you some of the pretty sides. <laughs> no, like I've seen a lot of Hollywood movies, and I, and I see the beautiful illustration of children, very, right. children, very organized and stuff. Now I'm right. thinking, <laughs> have I been duped? <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. You you pro- probably have been to. Yeah, you have first. You know, you have a you know first. You know, very close up uh, view of back end process right now. <laughs> so, so you know what goes on. You know, the soup is cooked, and you were just looking at all the fancy stuff. So now you now know what's going on. Okay, so like a brief introduction. Ronald and Marilyn, they're a couple, beautiful one, and that. So I'm having a conversation with them like to understand the process it's been for them so far. So this is going to be more of a generic conversation, how it's been and all that. So uh, I think ladies first, if I'm not... Yep. Okay. okay. So uh, Marilyn, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume you have the deepest insight in terms of, um, of kind of like bringing up the children because I, I know Ronald to an extent. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you don't know nothing, man. <laughs> so, so can like tell us how has it been? Like, what is the journey so far? Um, I think my biggest emotion is gratitude. Um, okay. You you become a parent and you pretty much go back to school, and you realize that you're learning even as much as you're supposed to be the teacher in the school. Um. I feel like when I think about the journey, I'm clear in my mind that I could have lived a happy and fulfilled life, mm-hmm. even if I wasn't a parent. So I'm not one of those people who feel that, oh, my life revolves around my children and I cannot mm-hmm. be fulfilled if I don't have children. Okay. But I also know that having them in my life, my life is richer for, for having them. And I'm very grateful for that. But uh, let's just say we are still a hashtag Lena. <laughs> okay, now I want to have kids again. <laughs> so, so smart, uh, Ronald, what has been the experience for you so far? Yeah, so um, it's been one where I really don't, I really didn't have an idea. Um, so where I am now is similar to Marilyn. I'm having come to a place where um, I am more grateful for what I have because of where I am in terms of my journey. But in the past, it was one of confusion, one of uh, uh, frustration. I resisted, you know, the whole experience because I didn't understand it. Um, You know, there's always this thing that, you know, this picture of things will fix themselves, but... Mm -hmm. And it's not just, it wasn't just fixing itself, and I just didn't understand how to manage the situation. So it was one of confusion and total loss of how to approach parenting oh. and, and a disengagement. Um, and so I was being pulled along and reacting rather than being proactive. 
and like she says i think now if she's if she started learning previously earlier in our marriage um you know so shortly after we had kids i started learning much later in fact in reality i started becoming more of a parent in the real sense two to three years and we've been married for 10 years two oh, wow. to three years ago and that's when i started asking some of the more critical questions she probably must have asked earlier on and starting on my journey so i'm still a learner in fact i'm not just a learner i'm a toddler I'm crawling <laughs> um, but but it's interesting because it's also been fulfilling um understanding that there are you know these little individuals who are uh, your responsibility and that you know responsibility as a word entails more and just discovering that word in the real sense and diving into it through their you know through the opportunity given to me in that with these children so i think it's a blessing because it's helped me explore that word or that concept more deeply and it's um, it's remarkable yeah, thank you. I, I kind of appreciate the level of sincerity and introspection that went to the process. So you knew where you were before and you know where you are now. And, and that's kind of like commendable. Not a lot of people do that. You find out that some people actually go through the entire process of raising children into adulthood and they never get to that moment where they actually think about how they reacted in such kind of situations. And, and, and I hope like anybody listening out there would, would learn to do that level of introspection that helps them either become better parents or become better individuals. So I, I want to ask a question like the, like I want you guys to kind of like, maybe Marilyn will take this. The, I want to say demographics. Demographics is a geographical term, but like <laughs> the age and distribution of your children. Sort of. Okay. So we have three. Our first is yeah. nine going on 10. Our second is six. And our third is four going on five. Wow. That's, that's interesting. That's like nine close to 10 years of parenting yes and it's boy boy girl oh nice so how, how has that worked out so far <laughs> crazy <laughs> is the word i i think uh, two things so firstly it's just the realization you hear it all the time but until you experience it you don't really accept True. the fact that each child is different is very individual mm. And real quick, one thing that comes to mind, a story I remember, our second child, for example, didn't talk as early as the first mm. and was, and, and I'll be honest, you know, we had him see child psychologists because I was worried. Yeah. I remember my husband saying, look, you're a lunatic. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with this child. And I'm just like, you know, I don't want to do had I known. I don't have a problem if I have a, a child, a special needs child. Mm -hmm. But if there's stuff we can do to catch it early and help, I'd rather do that. Um, and so that's the first, just in terms of the realization that each child is really an individual. And then the second bit is boys are different from girls. Mm. Like boys are really, and my husband will tell you about it. One day my husband was like, you know what? Girls have more sense than boys. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's accepted. My wife has more sense than I do. For instance, I'm no longer arguing about You, you, you heard it here. You right? heard it here. Like, you know, just in case he changes his mind. Yeah. I, we have witnesses who can say. But there's, a, there's always a duality in nature. There's no nature. but, please. No. <laughs> like, what's in creation is a duality in nature. 
There's the positive and there's the negative. Mm-hmm. There's the more sense. For the more sense to have sense and be recognized as more sense, there has to be the person with less sense. Okay. It is that relative difference that gives that guy <laughs> sense. So okay, now I'm going to go ahead and nick that in the box. We'll continue our conversation offline. So then let's get back to the kids. Mm. I I think for the focus for the most part for me will be on Marilyn initially because like the pregnancy or the, the childbearing process sort of like women are more aware of the reality because they get pregnant they, they notice the changes and all that so for your first child and that was 10 years ago so that might be asking you to recollect like a way back so what was the experience like from finding out you were pregnant and dealing with that pregnancy and some of like the changes you you experienced along the way um after accepting and and i'm not going to go into detail but let's just say our friends laughed at us because we were one of those couples that bragged about taking some time to just enjoy being married before we start having children and let's just say life happened earlier than you know um and for me i was grateful for the experience but at some point you begin to sense that you're giving up so much of yourself a mm. uh, piece of trivia I and mean, i'm sure ronald doesn't even remember this but i remember once when we were having some random conversation it was towards the latter part where it got really difficult you struggle to sleep because yeah. if you're the kind of person who sleeps on your tummy suddenly it's not safe you can't sleep on your tummy you're trying to sleep on your side it's not comfortable you're not allowed to sleep on your back you have all these bruises, and you're going to work early in the morning so you're constantly tired so i was going through that period and i remember once i was having a conversation with him and he said you know something something our baby and i lost it i'm like which our baby <laughs> this is not our baby this is my baby i am doing all the work you're doing nothing here so it's not our baby when the baby comes out and you start changing diapers and you know picking up after the child then it will be our baby but for now don't and he was just like i'm sorry your baby your baby like, like, i'm trying his mind he was like ah. <laughs> what did i say how did we get here and then let me make him blush a bit mm. maybe weeks after or something i had come back from work this day my feet were swollen to the size of my head and he just took one look at me and he sat down picked up my dirty feet and just started giving me a massage and just uh-huh. and i was looking at him i was just looking at him and i just said oh okay it's our baby <laughs> <laughs> And, and he, he said thank you very much like he didn't even argue it was just like you know so um yes you go through that phase i was one of those who had heard about you know being prayerful as a mom so it was important for me yeah. to also even from the womb start to protect and shield the child to the best of my ability and um you're wondering all oh, the would he be a girl would he be a boy do we check don't we check and the stock realization that you're about to welcome another human being. Mm. So I think, you know, as, as a woman, often we're a bit more conscious of that fact than the man. The yeah. man um, comes to eventually. But for me, the sense of responsibility mm-hmm. and the wanting to be perfect and realizing I was not. Yeah. And the wanting to be a role model and realizing that I still carry so many weaknesses and flaws mm. and the fear of, am I really equipped 
to raise another human being when I'm not yet who I want to be, uh, you know, so yeah, I'll stop for now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I get your struggle because like some of the, like what led me onto this journey is actually that level of thought that I have the idea that in the next couple of years I'd like to be a, a father or a dad, but and I'm asking myself, what do I know? Like, what have I done? <laughs> what can yeah. I do to better this? Like, am I really equipped to have that conversation? And one of the guys I spoke with earlier, he, 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 he kind of like said something very interesting. That if you've been somebody that has been diligent, kind of like most of your life, like you've, you've been disciplined, you're, you're good at a couple of things, he already prepares you for that stage. So you don't necessarily need extra work. But by virtue of the person that you're already a disciplined person, you're already conscientious, you know what you're trying to do, and you have you like to like, put things in order, that kind of puts you, gives you the leg up, sort of. To... <laughs> 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 I'm not sure I 100% agree, because okay. you may be conscientious, and you may have a child who is the total opposite. Fair enough. And there's, there's sometimes a tendency of parents to, especially if you think you're a good or decent parent, you... Mm -hmm expect your children either consciously or subconsciously to follow in your shoes yeah. and more often than not they don't because they're individuals in their own um, right who yeah. want to chart their own course so the reality for me is that you have to be willing to learn mm. how to raise the child yeah. and it's never a one-size-fits-all so True. you actually adapt yourself to the nature of the child, mm. not the other way around. Mm. And you might find that as a conscientious person, you might need to do extra work mm. to be able to accommodate a very vibrant, loud, noisy, mischievous, curious mm. child and still be able to impact, you know, values and morals and all of that. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that, that's a very interesting perspective, and, and I yeah. totally get it. Yeah, like that's that's true. So, Ronald, to you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the first the first child, the mm -hmm. first nine months, mm -hmm. how was it for you? Um, so for me, like my wife would tell you, I was all I did was um, participate in the pleasurable aspect of it, and <laughs> and down the line, right. Um, down the line, when I mean pleasurable, I'm not just talking about conception. I'm also talking about the parts where you don't have to physiologically be mm -hmm. constrained or face challenges. Oh, yeah. I, I pretty much had it easy. So, so I, I'm not just, uh, I wasn't referring to, to sexuality here. I was referring to the whole spectrum. For the guy, okay. we don't, I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't, I can't generalize. For me, um, the only moments I had uh, woken up with, you know, a bit of sweat was the thought of, I had moments where I thought, what would this mean for me financially? Mm. You know, you know, people are saying this thing and I'm realizing, look, there's, there's going to be some, some financial requirement from me. And I, I was a bit nervous of how ready I was financially. Mm. Um, to ensure that I could provide for the young one and my wife. And I had moments when thoughts occurred to me, at this point, you no longer can sort of get up and, and, and you know, make your decision, make decisions on your own. Yes, you, are, you know, you realize that shortly after you get married, but it doesn't really play out itself in, its, in the full context. The depth mm -hmm. of it 
is not yet fully explored by you. But I think when you then have somebody who then connects you to that individual, you're no longer, there's a dependent or potential dependent on you who's, who, you know, from the sight of every other person or however it's looked at, this individual that is brought in mm -hmm. is truly your responsibility at the deepest level. Yeah. Yeah. He's got your DNA, he's got everything, and he's not an adult or she's not an adult. And they literally depend on you. Mm. Yeah. And I, I questioned how well am I taking care of myself? <laughs> And even my, my relationship with my wife, who I, we just got, got recently, like she, she would point out, we, we got, had the first child, you know, in our first year of marriage, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then I'm literally trying to wrap my head about being responsible for her. I hadn't gotten that right. And then there was this level of, this level of not just another party who is outside of you, but so connected with you, you can't escape it. It felt like I was going into some sort of, a bind that Oof. I couldn't get out of. And I had those moments where I couldn't yet comprehend. So what I would do in response to that would be to sweep it under my just, you know, you get so nervous and worked up and I just did not have, I wasn't clear mm -hmm. because even at that time, shortly after we had gotten married, I, I still was struggling financially. Mm -hmm. In fact, my wife had a better job than I did and she was more, much more stable. And so for me, I had these levels of confusion. I didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so I had the ostrich approach where sometimes I'd put my head and try to let it go, but then it would come up and I didn't have a clear plan. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anyone to look up to, to guide me through that process. And I hadn't learned how to find the right personnel, where to find the right resources. Because my, um, also my experience and what I had learned from how I had been brought up was that um, you didn't have people you could ask questions. Mm. And in, our, in, you know, in my society, where, where I've been brought up, I don't know about others, men sort of have problems and they fix it themselves somehow, you know. Mm. And, um, and, and I, didn't have, um, I didn't have that structure or system to go seek for advice. Even if it existed, I didn't know how to find it. I didn't know how to approach it. Um, and that left me in a place where I just sort of had these fears, these concerns, and I didn't know how to explore them. So I sort of just shut it down and just waited for whatever was going to come to come. Mm -hmm. And um, um, it included watching my wife go through the physiological process and not knowing how to manage it with her. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't know how to, even when she expressed it uh concerns i used to see those concerns as you know as as something that was pressure for me and i didn't um, work with her through it i didn't really see myself as a partner i felt alone and she felt alone and i didn't know how to communicate my own personal uh, pressures or internal um, confusion and so um, I think communication is really key at an early part, learning how to be able to communicate, find when you are lost, being able to find or know how where, I do not know, but know how and where to find the help. Mm. It's critical and important. Um, if I had that earlier, I probably would have been faster in my development into uh, onboarding into parenthood. Um, the other challenge for me 
was after the baby, you know, just before she, you know, she gave birth to the baby. Um, and I, you know, just close, close to the point, um, all I could hold on to um, was, you know, watch other people sort of give advice and there was just so much coming at you and I'm someone as an individual who likes to feel in, in control and in, in charge and when I felt like I was being directed without understanding why or what it meant I then responded you know by being defensive mm. and 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 you know people think you're difficult but you're also going through your own personal um, um, you know um, personal struggles trying to explore this thing and try to understand it and because I couldn't communicate it and I was alone and, and really needing help I, I was stuck so that was my experience for, for that first first child you know personally yeah like listening to the both of you like it couldn't help like I couldn't help but but kind of like realize that like at the onset like both the guy and the girl like they have two different experiences mm -hmm. of the same thing. Mm -hmm. And like you said, most times communicating helps. And other times it's difficult to communicate because of the identity we build around ourselves and how we want to project ourselves to our partners or people around us. So like listening to the both of you actually talk about your experience is actually very beautiful. Like it's very insightful. So like for the first three years when you had when you had your first child what mm -hmm. was it like that was the first time you were a mother mm -hmm. it's not like you've not, you've not been a mother before so what was it like like for the first three years especially at that point where the child is very vulnerable and needy so for me um i will always be thankful for my support system um i've been very fortunate to have always had help or family around mm. um and because so so i i don't think i was as unprepared okay. because as women i think you try to prepare so True. i think in my case it was more of you've already absorbed several narratives mm -hmm. and then in playing out the script you realize it's not all the way they told you and so you actually have to unlearn yeah. some of what you've been told and then relearn and make up your own mind mm -hmm. so it was the experience of so first of all when i had my boy he was grumpy like he was always frowning mm -hmm. when he was on his early days like he had this scowl on his face and i remember one day i told my husband i think we gave birth to one of the seven dwarfs from <laughs> snow white grumpy, grumpy the dwarf so and then he came out of that phase all on his own to become a very sunny friendly personality yeah. whereby he was almost like a living doll every child wanted to carry him because he was the one child who you would carry and pass from hand to hand to hand and he wouldn't cry yeah. um he wouldn't complain so it was even from from early on you're watching that transformation you're watching the formation also mm -hmm. of personality i grew up with very strict parents so my parental style even up till now is still relatively strict mm -hmm. so it has been amazing watching that even with my strictness my children and starting from him 
would speak back to me. So the first ex experience was probably once I was carrying him on one hand and I was bending down to put on the TV and I was bending almost behind the TV from the socket and I bumped his head on the TV, on the edge of the TV. And he couldn't talk yet. He was like less than one. And he started babbling with a frown. Like, and I knew he was scolding me. Like, how could you be so clumsy? Like, how are you carrying me and bedding? And it's like, you know, I'm like, are you trying to kill me? It would be a little apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Like, and you, you feel that, you know, there's a distinct personality. Yeah. So I think the way I would summarize it is if you're familiar with the works of Khalil Gibran on, on, in the prophets, when he talks about children, mm -hmm. he starts that by saying your children are not your children. Mm -hmm. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. Mm. And though they come to you, they belong not to you. Mm. And though they come through you or th though they dwell with you, they are not for you. Something around that. And it's that realization that you're really a channel mm. for the birth of life itself. Mm. But you are not the owner because life belongs to life. You are just a custodian or a guardian for a moment in time. Oh, yeah. And, and even recently, you know, I was talking to my husband and it's the realization that life comes in phases and this is the phase where we owe a duty of guardianship, but there will come a time when that phase will end. Mm -hmm. And then it's the individuals that you've raised, you know, you have to allow them fly and hope that you've done your best. So, yeah, I think the first three years were, were the acceptance of the individuality of the personality I had taken in, mm. learning from him while trying to teach him and learning to start modifying some of my ideas around parenting because I came with ideas. Yeah. yeah, I had perspectives on the type of child, all the instruments he was going to play and all of that. <laughs> and you, you have piano teacher and... The boy just doesn't go for lesson or he just doesn't practice and you're shouting and you're shouting and just you realize that because you built a script, you're now trying to force instead of, you know, a, a partnership where you're allowing the individual flourish to the best of their own innate abilities and not always your own dreams yeah. or aspirations for the individual. So that's still the journey I'm on. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that is, that is. I don't want to use the word beautiful because I, I think I've used it a little <laughs> in this conversation, but yeah. but that is <laughs> that is actually beautiful. Yeah. Like one thing that has resonated with me so far is the concept of being guidance. And you beautifully you eloquently explained it. Hmm. So people come with script. So I have an image of what I want to do as a father and what I want my children to do, all I want them to learn. But the process is actually like you said. Is me learning from them on how to actually guide them better. So it's not about fitting them into my narrative or to my confines, but it's creating that enabling environment where I guide them to realize their potential as individuals, realizing the fact that they are unique as individuals and that uniqueness about them. It is my duty to, to help them grow it because, like you said, life begets life. So they actually belong to, the, to life, even if they came out true like that's, absolutely that's that's beautiful absolutely. 
Ron, your question will be a little bit mundane. Yeah. <laughs> what was Tell your me. first diaper experience? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly, I I wasn't um, um, I didn't resist it. No, um, he didn't. And um, it wasn't as complicated because interestingly, I had taken care of my little brother. Oh, okay. When he was younger, in fact, we used to use diapers with pin. He would wash mm. the diapers and hang it, so it was a bit more complex than the more, more modern diapers where you have stuff where you you know just have this um, um, strap on. Yeah. You know, it was less complex, so I didn't uh, quite enjoy it, but I it didn't bother me that much because I loved the child, and for me, the love was something that if I found or thought he was uncomfortable every other thing that I didn't like would just dissolve and mm. all that mattered was what was, you know, important to the child and was going to be helpful for that child's condition. In fact, uh, there was a time the child had um, 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 a blocked nose, you know, when they, they, can't, they can't sneeze, they've got their nostrils and he was struggling to breathe and um, I had watched uh, one of uh, we had a great support system earlier on and I had watched one of our um, I think my mom my my wife's uh, relative had done it once and sucked out the you know with mucus it used to eat my wife out but <laughs> I would just I would just real. go in there it's not like I really enjoyed it but for me it was an act of sacrifice it was what was important for the other one who was the little child who was dependent on you so the moment I had that child, all that was important to me was when it came to their comfort and their health, I, I would give anything to have so that. Bruno, let, me, let me support Ronald and let me also right. cast him. Right. <laughs> so, I think when it came to diaper changing, as a man, like especially when you know the narratives around men, Ronald yeah. was phenomenal. Like It was never really an issue. Um, mm -hmm. We did have a mischievous rule, which was finder skippers. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you're the one with the child where they do number two, you get a clinic. You're not going to yeah. bring me the baby as there. Yeah. Although sometimes he was sneaky. Yeah. Uh, but, That's true. But where, let me cost him now. Mm -hmm. Once the baby, what I realized was Ronald was that amazing. So long as the baby was eating breast milk or formula. Right. Once the baby's transition to adult food. Right. Right. I'll be like, uh-uh, I'm not doing this. This one, this is adult stuff right here. I ain't doing this one. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. he did not appreciate what they said. He'd be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Look, 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 you, you have to help me. Like, this stuff really gets to me. This is adult stuff. Yeah. And then sometimes when the baby overeats and then he looks at the quantum, he's like, oh, come on. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, uh, that, 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 that is true. I accept that. So, I, I would look at the child based on where I thought they should be. And then respond to that. I mean, once they started eating adult food, they were probably four. <laughs> they were adults. Know. No, they were not adults. But, no, know, no, they... no, adult food. They started Ronald. The children said... started eating adult food from about one year. Oh, okay, but then well, four years. No, 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 but, four but years. I, I was still. I, I thought I was still. My memory was that I was still cooperative. Yes, I would not enjoy it, 
but I wouldn't. You were more resistant. Yes. There were times you still did it, but yes. it's just that. But if I could avoid it, certainly, <laughs> I would avoid Whereas it. Whereas in the earlier stages, but, but, he does it without, but you I, know. With I think what is, what is important to take away from it is that that role or that activity wasn't something I didn't, I never put myself as something that I was, you know, I was, um, that I should remove myself from. Mm. I saw it as part of my duty, uh, you know, to support the, the child and support, you know, um, you know, as my role. That's my little way of putting it out there to say this is how I can show. So it wasn't an issue of, oh, go and go to your mother, clean you up. Mm. No, it was part of me being there. But I would just like to um, also talk a bit about, you know, um, um, the, you know, how I felt also watching the child grow. Because as a man, if something happens, there's also, there, there was a, my first child in particular, uh, Alexander, um, realizing that early in the marriage, you are meant to be the only point of attention. Mm -hmm. And there is a shift in attention that occurs. For a man, for me personally, it led me to feel a bit lonely and I suddenly felt that he was competing with my attention. Oh, and, and, yeah, and, yeah. It's, and it's an important thing to note because even this, the, the, the concept of being close to someone, it's, I, I, don't under, I think I used to hear this concept of love at first sight. Mm -hmm. For me, love gradually grows and literally grows and becomes something that, you know, they say, they say of course they say, a little critical point where it goes, but yeah. it literally grows. So for me, there was this guy, who, little man, who was a stranger, first of <laughs> all, right? So I had to learn to grow in love with him, to see him as part of me, and mm. not to see his presence and the attention he was getting as someone stealing my attention. And, and, and you, don't, you don't think you're that kind of person, Until but it then happens. happens. And, and of course, you are trying to maintain this... Yes, this, and, and that's why it's important to talk about these things. I couldn't talk to my partner about it because I would feel it would put me in a weak position. Maybe yeah. she sensed it, I don't know. Oh, you eventually did. Oh, I did? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I don't remember. But, um, and then, you know, suddenly it didn't feel like I was the only person. Okay. And, and I had to learn to love my child as my child mm. and bring him as part of me. And that didn't occur to a bit later yeah. on you know and and so that sort of thing also can if you're not careful can create negativity mm. if you don't deal with it or find ways to walk through that process and thought and um, and I think the way I dealt with it was to gradually engage myself mm. in being supportive as much as I can in, I didn't know what I was doing first of all. Like I was totally confused, so I had to be instructed. And I, I, I was like I said, for me it's interesting now that I'm talking about it. Um, for me, I then started looking for a way to be financially stronger because this thing has happened, and and suddenly I was wrapped in my world, 
consumed by that mm -hmm. that also I wasn't also giving my wife enough attention mm -hmm. and also vexing with her for giving my child attention so it was a slew of stuff going on <laughs> and not knowing how to deal with this stuff you know so it's interesting um, eventually I learned to love him and bring him into my and see him as part of me yeah. and accept the fact that look he, he deserves the attention he's getting and I also then shared that attention with my heart you know you know, towards him. So yeah, that's that's my experience, you know, just to talk about that. You like mm. your your experience is great. Like I, I kinda love like for for so far in the conversation for me, the honesty, like the sincerity and honesty with which you approach these topics and kinda like pour your heart out is commendable and, and thank you for that. Mm. Like the the general conception that once you have a child you automatically fall in love with the child. I think that's the notion most people have, and that is what I have in my head. And the women that. do most likely, but maybe. But you also have some like some extra, some cases where some women actually kind of feel that the child has changed an integral part, part of who they it's are. It's true, probably. So for most people, it is not for most people. It might be love at first sight, but there are like instances where it doesn't necessarily happen. True, for, for true. I mean, physiologically, they've been yeah. affected. Suddenly, they are looking at their tummies. I mean. And they have stretch like, marks and then this, this baby this guy this child you, <laughs> you know, did this to me right and you know so but but it also goes to i would also want to mention something for me one of the strongest support systems that helped me was my um my spiritual beliefs mm. um having something to to guide you the way you think is critical um sure. i think i i i didn't have anybody but my 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 um, values, something that was driven by my spiritual orientation and my, 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 my spirituality was what really helped me grow through that whole process that I was, you know, all that challenge, all that internal, I had to work through it. Sometimes it tore at me mm. in different ways and my wife can attest, I was nasty, you know, in my earlier years, you know, you know as a parent, you know, and as 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 a as a partner to her, and she couldn't she couldn't wrap her head around some of my reactions. Honestly, right? nasty is not a word yeah. that I would use to describe okay, well, you. Well, fairness. I would say I would say I was on. Uh, there were moments where unkind, unkind sometimes. Yes, I yes, was unkind, and but not nasty. and this was those points. Those those points where it then expressed itself was this internal turmoil I was going through and trying yeah. to figure all this, and not having the channel. The only thing that helped me really was my spirituality and going back to that point and and i would also be thankful to my wife who was patient with me yeah. and you know all the support system i've had you know we had great support system that relieved some of the pressures um that we were facing you know because i think if we were only the two of us mm. alone through it uh it may have been much more difficult but having that i'm grateful now that we talk about it and i, I don't really think through that enough to be so appreciative all the time but I just want to mention that you know uh, my mom her family her mom her dad you know um, we've had great um, people come in our lives as as helps mm. remarkable individuals who have come to to help us through these moments to support us and just sort of release those little pressure points pressure and points, give yeah. us the time to go through or give me the time to process some of these things um, without having the noise I, I you know I can't I can't see how grateful I am for those moments and, and yeah. yeah like like big ups to the support system right. like, and, oh. and that is yeah. that is one thing I like about like the culture like the African or the Nigerian culture 
like if you have good support system they are always there for you and situations like this i think in in evil there's something that's called the omogo or something where the mother comes to your house for remarkable this. period um, very remarkable period i remember just shortly after you know the child came her mom came you mm. know with her her brother they stayed at our little place in the ujudu beggar and at that time i was totally confused in fact my my first three days in the hospital i didn't have a bath Oof. and it was her brother my brother-in-law Jay. You know, like I, I was confused. Like literally, I was confused, dirty, and he would be the one to say, "Look, dude, let me get you clothes. Come and take a bath. I'll sit with with you." You know, I just didn't know how to process what was going on, and just having these people just kind of signal to you, I can't tell you how how helpful, how helpful you know it is. Interesting, yeah, so. interesting. Uh, I, the next part I want to explore, uh, Marilyn, like. The initial time when the child is born, especially like when they're like one month, two months old, there's, they're very delicate. Like they're very vulnerable. How was that period? How were you able to? I don't think I was in touch with the vulnerability of the child as much as it was me going through mine as a oh. mom. So the, you know the thing around and this is a bit personal but i'm going to share just in case a new mom ever hears this and it's helpful so in terms of breastfeeding i was one of those people who was never able to be exclusive with my first mm -hmm. um, and ronald was really great by the way um, and i just in quotes couldn't produce enough milk and because they, there's this myth around not, not necessarily a myth but there's a lot of hype mm -hmm. around you being exclusive Crusade, and yeah. all of that it made me feel inadequate mm. as a mom and i was constantly trying i was constantly sore in pain oh. so i was going through my own mm. um serere. uh in addition i remember like when i was talking about the hospital when they were discharging us our, our kid was born on new year's oh, day we're so scared when they were discharging us, like we stayed in the car park, we didn't want to leave the hospital. Like, because the, the because nurses it, had it, done The it, nurses oh, were, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> nurses had done all the work. And suddenly we had this child where they now said, just go home and giving us our baby. And all the while they were the ones changing, knowing the times to feed, making sure that like the child is literally, literally delicate. And they, you know, even the first way we would hold the baby, they would hold the baby in a way wrap. And I just... And suddenly they said, now is the time to go and just give you that. Jeez. What the heck? We, 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 <laughs> we were in the car park of the hospital and we just stood there, like confused. We didn't want to drive out. Because you have a rash. Hey, nurse, nurse. I can see a rash. Right. And they'll come and explain, say, oh, madam, it's okay. They, they, you know, they were just. They were wonderful. It was an, an amazing. And then to the now was, the realize was. that you were on your own and. From here on, whatever you do is up to you. Right. Yeah. That's like <laughs> too much responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we went through that. But for me, the initial, I had, once again, support system. I had my mom. Who, so, in terms of you learn how to bath the baby. Yeah. You learn even how to massage the baby. You see them. They, and you know all these African mom things mm. where they turn the baby upside down. Mm. They hold the baby's yeah. leg and shake the baby. Yeah. Like, they did all that gangster stuff. So... Yeah. Dr. You, Simpson, wow. You kind of saw that the baby was, mm. you know. Mm. And, and we made mistakes. Like once when we were using the babies, you know how you decant yeah. um, your 
your milk and we had used put our adult milk do you remember right when we put our adult milk into the baby's tin because mm. it was sachet yeah, milk yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we then kind of mixed it up and gave the baby adult milk yeah. as opposed to formula yeah. and how we panicked we were when we killed our babies our baby gonna die right. and he was fine he just farted a lot like just kept farting yeah. <laughs> you also after a while you also you know you become grateful for the resilience of the child, child yeah. children yeah. have an incredible survival instinct right mm-hmm. nature built them with you know survival in right. mind mm-hmm. and so they have you, all the all the all the yeah. systems yeah so you find as you grow that even the saliva yeah, right. of babies have antiseptic Right. That actually protects yes, them because you right. know they put it everything into their yeah, mouth. No, so, right. the, so, so no, no. I mean, like the more you you find out, the more in awe you are of oh. just how yeah. amazing nature is. Yeah, um, rugged. They they rugged are rugged, little. and you know the very first cute, illness rugged, yeah. when <laughs> the temperature is yeah. high. Oh, those were the traumatic periods. Baby would cry, yeah. and it, I would cry. I don't know about mm. Ronald, but. You know, when you see when you see the baby so helpless and there's nothing you can do Mm. but to just wait it out. Mm. And you wish if there was a way I could take your pain Mm. and you know, just exchange, let me bear this for this child, you know. So you go through all of those Mm -hmm. and and you celebrate the milestones. The Mm -hmm. first time they sit up. The first time, you know, you see all your children, the teeth is coming out. Your own child's teeth does not want to come out. And then you need somebody like Ronald to remind you that. Have you ever seen an adult without teeth? <laughs> Just be patient. <laughs> Eventually, it must come out. Whether the child likes it or not. Yeah, and you're reading all these books where they have all these milestones that the yeah. baby should hit at a certain time. And whenever the baby hits it, you're excited. When the baby doesn't, you are nervous. My own baby has my hair sat up. My own, you know. <laughs> So yeah. you say you go through all of those, and and then by the second, by the third, so by the third, if they don't eat, it's, it's okay. When okay. they are ready, like yeah. my daughter of my three children, my daughter was the grumpiest, mm-hmm. but it was not an issue. When it was, oh, she's always frowning. I'm like, oh, she feels like frowning. Man, she's ready. She will smile. <laughs> but when it was my first, and he was like, you know, one of the seven dwarfs, he's like, ah, this child, try for me now, try for me, <laughs> like smile a little bit. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you learn, you learn as you go. Yeah, yeah. So, like the kind of thing I like about your journey, and I'm talking to to the both of you is, like you've done it three times already. Yeah. So you've been through the kind of like the like if, if it's a spectrum, you've been from like one of the end of the spectrum where you're almost always um, fragile about the situation. You're almost kind of like panicky when the child is not acting like sort of like hitting the mountains, like you said. And you've gotten to like the other spectrum where you've kind of seen it play out once, you've seen it play out twice. So the third time you have a little bit of. of so imagine moms who had six or ten children. Ooh. Like a friend of oh, mine is, is a seventh child, and she jokes that oh, by the time she arrived, like if they t- called her parents and said, ah, your daughter has just fallen into a boiling pot of stew, <laughs> and her father be like, it's okay, bring her out, rinse her off, apply some Vaseline first of all. <laughs> Do you have any eggs in the house? <laughs> like that, like he be so chill, like you know. So I, I do think that yeah, the in terms of a parent, I think you never outgrow the anxiety. Yeah, and it just takes different forms depending on 
yeah. you know and even with my mom i see her still get anxious over us and it's like dude for real so <laughs> I, I think you never outgrow it yeah. but there are some aspects where you understand that nature will take its course and you learn to respect that better mm. and, and you then you, you can be a bit more patient and, and let it play out yeah like the other language i want to explore and I think knowing knowing the both of you, like you guys are pretty ambitious people in terms of um, like your own personal stuff. Like Ronald is an entrepreneur, and um, you actually you work yeah. like, like like regular work. And in both of your fields, you guys are pretty much driven. So, and most of the young couples that are coming up now, they also have kind of like the same mix because they have people that <coughs> actively working. Sorry, sorry, and somebody's entrepreneurial and all that. So how was it for you in terms of, Marilyn, I think you'd like to go first, like how was it for you in terms of balancing motherhood and career during the pregnancy phase and, and, and all that? So pregnancy phase, the balancing act, I've been very fortunate as a pregnant woman. Um, until my third child, I, I pretty much didn't have any complications. I had high energy levels, wow. so I could really push. And I remember sometimes my colleagues would even laugh and say, please don't follow Mary, you know, like not everybody's like this, so, you know. So in terms of the energy and, and just the, the pregnancy phase, I was good until my, my, my third child. My, my third child, by the eight month or so, I crashed. And then uh -huh. I felt really ill. I had low, you know, usually people have high blood pressure. I had low blood pressure, Ooh. low blood sugar. Um... I, I had this bad habit right from my first of after a while I put the child on a diet from the womb because mm. I'm like look when you come out you be fat don't be fat inside me because I don't want to push out a big baby so um, and it's it's interesting so you realize having a baby is really a parasitic relationship mm -hmm. because they take everything from you mm -hmm. if you're not eating well they will still take whatever they you know, take your hair will start falling if you don't have mm -hmm. your multivitamins your will become solid like they take everything so you Whoa. you better take care of yourself uh, because they're gonna take it whether you give it to them or not um, and you have people who had to learn that like <coughs> the people who they lose their teeth so the calcium deficiency their bones Whoa. become more yes they take what they need it's how nature has built it so you then realize that your diet your your multivitamins become very important. Tell your woman that's very mm. important. Otherwise, they take what they need. Um, and and so I I was in this cycle where I would after a while start cutting down on my intake. Okay. So I don't have too big a baby. And by my third, my third child just vexed, and said I ain't about this life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and I, I I crashed like I crashed like. Um, and so I then had to be on a schedule to, even if it was an, an apple, just a piece of fruit, I had to be on a schedule to eat mm -hmm. regularly because the child was not having, like what you did to my brothers, you want to try with me? No way. <laughs> I'm going to show you who's in town. <laughs> so, um, so that period though, I was generally lucky. Yeah. And, and able to manage it with the work pressures mm -hmm. and I had great colleagues um, I had I had a colleague who took it upon himself to feed me mm -hmm. and he would just think oh, when, when last did you eat you know I had people who would just look out for me so it's also to say to those who are working if you have someone around you 
you know, look out for them even when they're not looking out for themselves. I think it's mm -hmm. very important that you're yeah. aware of that. Yeah. I also had great bosses yeah. who were understanding when you, because you would have antenatal, you have yeah. all these funny things that you need to do. And I had great bosses who never gave me any flack or made me feel guilty. I know mm. some moms who that's not their story. Yeah. Um, and, and you feel guilty even asking for time off. I also know people who've had very difficult pregnancies, had to go on bed rest because mm. they've had several miscarriages. Yeah. And if they didn't go on bed rest, they probably would have also miscarried. Right. And so it's, it's just to use the opportunity <laughs> to say that there is a need for like the communal support yeah. it takes a yeah. community yeah. to have a successful delivery um yeah. and i always had that when our daughter broke her arm at three months I, mm. I remember that was one of the most traumatic periods for me as a mom and i was all weepy and i, I could be pretty you know pretty in control yeah. as an employee you know but that period i was all weepy it was just really say how do a three-month-old break her arm like how does that even happen and and i had support i had people who said you know leave everything you're doing go you be with your baby so um my story is really one of gratitude um i couldn't have done it alone uh mm -hmm. if i didn't have the so much system. love and understanding and support and of course people teasing you laughing yeah. you know because suddenly you're so big you, you know <laughs> and it's like a house is growing in front of you so you have that those who were ribbing you and always talking about your twins even though you were carried only one so you have all of that going but really the love at that point and just to mention the biggest show of love i think i ever experienced was in osho d market I was, I was, my, my, my baby was doing my, I don't even think my husband knows this. And I went to the market to go and buy Whoa. bed sheets and all of that. I was really big then. And I just snicked off because I wanted to go and look for a great bargain. And there was this guy, because I had seen him from afar. He was clearly a drug addict or at least he, well, maybe not, maybe I've been, I'm exaggerating, but he was definitely weeding, all smoky. And as he saw me. He said esolayo, which means you deliver in, in grace or something. Yeah. And it really moved me that even this stoned, like red-eyed Agbero could look at me and say a prayer mm. for me. And that experience made me feel so in love with being African, with being Nigerian, with, mm. with this culture as crazy as everything is yeah. with this protective culture that we have to a very large extent for moms expectant or even mothers with babies yeah. uh, it, it's it's really a great thing that we need yeah. to preserve yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I i totally agree mm -hmm. what about you ron how how did you do yeah well um like i said and i'll just reiterate i think um for me um I went on a journey to, I dived into my work and I neglected some of the things that I was meant to have done because I was confused. I didn't know how to do it. All I knew at some point earlier on was just work, 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 work. And the reality is that until two, three years ago, I'm just coming out of that whole process. Yeah. So even when I had responsibilities where I was signaled, I would 
resist it. I would think it was interfering with my career. So it wasn't an issue of cooperative involvement. Mm -hmm. It was an issue of, oh man, I gotta do this. This is <laughs> problematic. So I, I, you know, in that sense of resistance, I, I just didn't, I just didn't engage with my with the process of parenthood while pursuing my career at, at an, you know at the earlier stages, mm -hmm. and um, and I'm still early in that whole process of coming out of that because one who had invested so many years in all that whole process, um, and then not getting to I think part of what helped me is also thankfully I struggled at some point with the results I was getting and I just yeah. had to like look this is not working and then you, the you get yeah you get to a point where you say look start questioning stuff and having my spiritual like i said my spirituality being the baseline for going to, to review my, my where i am and mm -hmm. what i was getting mm -hmm. I, I was able to more recently i'm, I'm navigating out of that oh. so at the earlier stages you know um you know like at, at the pregnancy stage i i don't know what the experience because i'm not carrying the baby i cannot tell you how it feels True. in fact the only the only thing i get is look um if I do mention it, oh, well, congratulations, or, ah, correct guy, oh, you know, well done, there's all this stuff that comes to you, and, you, you know, you, you know, I, you, I nod, I accept, oh, man, good, man, and all that, you're taking commendations, but I think about it, there's nothing I've done, I've not performed anything, I'm not, so, so for my wife, for my wife, her experiences, you know, in relation to her career and how it connects to pregnancy stage, would be much more, um, um, much more um, involved mm. as opposed to one who doesn't have that physiological connection yeah. with the baby mm. at that early stage. Yeah. Mine started after the baby had come and I was resisting because I felt it was interfering with a lot of the, my time, especially at that early stage of development of my career. So I hadn't planned for it because I hadn't thought through it and I hadn't planned for it and I was... You know, like I told you, at the pregnancy phase, I had all this confusion, which were, which was not resolved. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't know anything. I was just struggling and trying to find my way through the thicket. Mm. And that happened while still trying to struggle my way out of the thicket. They land me and say, look, you got to be doing this. And I'm like, still. So literally, I was a child mm. asked to take care of <laughs> a child. Right? So that's really what it was for me. And yeah, I'm all grown up. Everybody sees you as a man. Oh, you're expected to be a father. But I literally was, you know, in my, you know, psychologically, you know, I'm trying to figure stuff out. I'm trying to look for guidance. I need someone to help me. And you're asking me to now look, you know, and all this. So that was my own experience until much later mm. when I, I think experiences um, 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 has, had given me the opportunity for reflection. Mm. deeper reflection and review and then making the decision and choice to be more involved and, and that's more recently and I'm you know I'm more open to work and be more um, accepting and cooperative as a parent yeah know, listening to you I remember I think the toughest time for me would be when we had our third and I was doing my master's so I had mm. applied for my master's and then found out I was expecting and so when they gave me the admission, I tried to drop out to say, uh-uh, like my life has changed since when I applied. So I'm not sure. And they encouraged me to say, no, you know, this is a really premium program. Mm -hmm. Give it your best shot. 
Um, and and I, I allow them fool me into that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a big scam. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, it was it was probably the toughest. And I think one of the things that helped me was I got to a point where I said to myself mentally mm. that I was willing to put in the sacrifice. Like I reviewed and I realized it was going to require a sacrifice on my part. Mm. And I had those moments internally where I said, do I want to do this? And am I willing? And I said, yeah. Because at that point, by my second two children, I was able to, to be mm -hmm. exclusive. Um, and so it was important to me that I would feed. So I would wake up middle of the night to feed my baby, mm -hmm. to pump milk, because my, you have to pump like several bottles of milk to, for, to feed the child even during the right. day when you're in the office, to read. I learned how to feed with one hand and type assignments with the other you know you learn mm. all sorts mm. and i just told myself it is only for a period mm -hmm. it's a phase it will pass mm. and i'm willing to so that was the hardest time for me uh, and ronald I, I know that i think that some of those critical times like i remember once there was an assignment that i had that i was just struggling because i had like a couple of assignments i was and what he did was he read for me like, mm. he read that paper so that he could gist me about it. And he mm. crashed my... So I read another one, he read another one, and then we merged, you wow. know. Yeah, so it was definitely... And then even talking about the, the breastfeeding, like, the first time when I was not exclusive, like, he was telling me, he was like, look, this thing is so overrated, Joe. Why are you stressing <laughs> yourself? <laughs> Babies who their moms even pass, off, pass on at, at childbirth, don't they drink from so that? Right don't there. they become intelligent? You know, and he just almost rubbished it and then i remember by my second when i was exclusive and he was hailing me hey <laughs> factory go and i was like ah, ah, i thought you said this thing was overrated he said hey now because that time you were struggling should i have added to your ally but now, now that you're able to do it and it was just so amazing to understand that because I was already putting myself under a lot of pressure and as women oh we can yeah. overthink things yeah and to have him also, you know, modulating that yeah. and, and, and taking out some of the pressure just so that I could cope. So I, 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 I mentioned these two examples to say, really, it's much harder. And of course, you know, like I'm listening to you and I'm like, yeah. dude, give yourself a break because, yeah. um, you know, and you have a lot of memories of when you weren't there. But I yeah. also have memories yeah. of when in the midst of your confusion yes yeah. you you still so, so yes so i i, I, I definitely agree with you that now that you say there are possibly times when i stepped up i don't i don't think i, I was totally negligent but no, i think the, the key thing i wouldn't me, have allowed you by the way yeah, the so not thing, only not yeah. only by your own self <laughs> right, right, right. so the, i think the key thing i want to point out was that i wasn't conscious totally conscious you know even if i had those moments of you know stardom of being that great dad it wasn't a fully conscious experience where i was connected with it mm. it was it was something that was more of my nature as opposed mm. you know it was it, i probably found a point where it came but i wasn't you know like i said you know i'm more conscious about that whole experience now as opposed to even those that person that's guys i guess that's why i'm not i don't have such uh, significant memories. <laughs> I think it was just a model for me. More, more so like, that time, yeah. like from from what you guys have said so far, 
Mm-hmm. Like, what is striking me, like, is the importance of having, like, I wouldn't say the right partner because the right partner is like a stretch. Like, it's having a partner that has the presence of mind to be there for you. And most especially for people that are, like, career-driven. So one, what I've seen is, like, most ladies, like, they're career-driven once they kind of, like, have children. Because they have to basically do it on their own and they don't have partners that are supportive. So it creates that pressure on them and some of them, like, might not necessarily cope with it. But the, the, the story you gave, how, like, how kind of, like, run out red to help you, like, for me, that's crucial. And for anybody that, that wants to, that, that, that thinks she, she wants to pursue her career to like a high level, like she wants to actually become somebody that makes impact at the at biggest stage in life, it's important to have, to be very selective of your partner, to have somebody that can actually be a support system for you, additional with the other support systems you already have. And, 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 and that's, that's fantastic. And thank you guys for your time. I think we'll call it a wrap here. And I kind of like how we focused on the earlier part of the, <laughs> the, child, yeah. the child upbringing. And, yeah. and if we wanted to talk about the other stages of child, we could be here for like three, four uh, hours. Like, because I think you guys have experience and we'll probably have you guys back on the podcast where we, when we get to the point where we're discussing children at a later age. And I'm, it's always fascinating to talk to you guys. It was beautiful. Thank you Thank for Thank you so time. much for pleasure, having us. Pleasure, pleasure. It was a pleasure. All right, guys. And I'll, I'll just say... From from me to you, Santa Claus is about to leave the building. Yeah, right. That's that's <laughs> correct. Uh, right now, we're gonna have to leave right now, uh, and I hand over the microphone back to Marley. <laughs> I think we'll just give it to Bruno to call his show to an end. Okay, guys, you met, you met our Santa Claus run. All right, guys, bye bye. <laughs>